this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, I'm a raccoon. I'm a trash (laughs) panda. I'm using this avatar in Zoom and it's turned me into a creature. And uh, I'm, I'm quite liking it. Um, it's got this nice purple sweatshirt on. And uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to... Good luck. I'm just going to keep going with this. And uh, this is a episode, Jay, that was selected by the Union via our June album review tournament. That's right. And we even bothered to put up a poll at the end so that people could give us their Worthy Album, Better EP, Decent Single uh, opinions on this specific album, which we haven't done before, but because we're responsive to the requests of the union and they said, hey, it would be cool to do that because when we do these episodes, you don't get the union's take on an album. We did it. And so- We did it. We did it. Is that from Paw Patrol or what's that from? <laughs> we did it. We did it. You got some Paw Patrol vibes going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's a, there's a filter on TikTok that will turn your dog into a Paw Patrol dog oh, with the theme music. It's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I did two of our dogs. And now they're, they're going to be turned into AI killing machines, probably by some, uh, some Skynet type device. But that's okay, because they looked cute. Also, what's cute, Jay, is that we get a lot of uh, albums in these polls, and they're all over the place. All over. They are. Now, for this particular one, I believe that you, uh, didn't you group the first round of like more well-known albums? Was that this June poll, or was that the previous poll? That was this poll. Okay, so it was a little exper- a little psychological experiment we pulled on the uh, on the union. Do you want to tell yeah, them why we know, did that? The run experiments in there. There was yeah, there was some sense that um, you know more popular in our world popular um, records were winning, and by having them distributed throughout the month, it seemed like maybe we were starting to see after three weeks just the popular albums get through so thought we'd give this a shot and see if it wouldn't give a little bit more obscure lesser known bands a chance to make it to the final and uh by popular we just mean sort of like well-known names yeah yeah like instantly recognizable album or uh, band names and right maybe, maybe albums for people who are super into music sure this so, is all this is all relative to being you know a music nerd and all these albums can be suggested by anyone. Uh, they just have to go to digmeoutpodcast.com, go to our suggest an album page, and they can suggest anybody. You don't have to be a member of the union, although we, we do appreciate the folks that are who get to vote in these polls. But 
anybody can suggest a record. So let's see. The first poll had uh, Green Day's Dookie, Creed's Human Clay, Daniel Lenoir's for The Beauty of Winona. Now, Daniel Lenoir as a musician might not be well-known, but as a producer is extremely well-known. He's worked with a ton of uh, important artists, including U2 and Bob Dylan and Peter Gabriel. And I mean, he's yep. one of the biggest producers of the last, I would say, 40 years. Um, the Pet Shop Boys Vary. The Cranberries to the Faithfully Departed. And then there were some some lesser known ones, but they still, I, I mean, I remember their names coming up in the 90s. Splendor, Halfway yep. Down the Sky. That was a late 90s album. Um, Denim, which uh, back in Denim was the name of the album. And that was the, there was a band called Felt in the, I want to say like 70s or 80s or something like that. And this was the um, the band that was formed by the uh, the lead singer Lawrence. It was a new band that he formed, so there was a little bit of um, pre, uh, lineage with that one. And then Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine, which was not a huge band in the U.S., but was a bigger band in the U.K. And we've actually talked about one of the records before. Yep. And then the other yep. one was Tiger Army, which can be completely honest. I had no idea who Tiger, Tiger Army was. Was you just ran out of big names to put in there? <laughs> yeah, I did my best to like find them relatively the bigger bands and that this cluster ended up having the bigger bands. Tiger Army, obviously not being huge, but you know, it's an epitaph band. Yeah, they, it was produced by Tim Armstrong of Rancid. So there's some connections there. So out of that poll or out of that group, three albums finished tied for first, Green Day, Splendor, and The Cranberries, which honestly not surprised yeah because we haven't talked about green day or the cranberries yeah and splendor you know snuck in there as well so that kind of played out like i was thinking you know exactly so instead for this, of having those bands sprinkled like if creed would have been some of the other bigger bands daniel lenoir but it sprinkled throughout the month the thought was you know more of the bands that were in that first poll would have won and then you'd have saw them at the end right so for the second round, we had the Whirlies self-titled album, Spots self-titled album, Big Hates self-titled album, Clark Nova's album Host, Caroline Spine's Monsoon, This Picture's A Violent Impression, Sub Circus, uh, their album Carousel, Gaslight Radio's Hitches or Hitch on the Leaves, and Eugenius mary queen of scots and the two winners out of that round were spot and gaslight radio and if you asked me i probably knew two of those names maybe three although if you I, if you told me that spot was the name of a band in the 90s i would have been like yeah <laughs> oh yes definitely. for sure and that's the second time that record had come up i think uh maybe a month or two ago it had been nominated once before so round three and this is where we had some again some more albums that were lesser known but some stuff that i knew from and then some stuff that's relevant to dig me out uh this would be it chainsaw kittens flipped out in singapore we talked with the members of chainsaw kittens many many years ago long time ago you were uh, still in your apartment i was still in my apartment i was still um i think i was were you single I, I won't no no this podcast started right after Katie and I started dating so likely it was probably 2012 
or 20. Yeah. I think it was probably 2012 when we talked to those guys and um, I was probably getting ready to have Nina. Well, I wasn't, my wife was getting ready to have <laughs> Nina. I was getting ready to uh, watch pass out in the, in the delivery room. And uh, I wish I, no, I didn't pass out. Um, included in this poll, along with chainsaw kittens, Reeves, Gabriel's Gabriel's is it Gabriel's you know how to pronounce his name Gabriel's? Know, is, it, is it is it Gabriel's I think so. uh the sake the sacred squall squall of now debut he's a, a well-known guitar player for yeah. um played with David Bowie right and, yeah uh, David Bowie mainly he's also played with King Crimson Frank maybe? Black yeah a lot of people yeah um so that record uh the self-titled album by Vaganaza, Vag, Vaganza, Vaganza. I don't know. Uh, songs about angels, evil, and running around on fire by Thingy. Now, this album I did know, Oscillate by Salt. They had one single that was kind of like a buzzbin song, okay. and I have the ten-inch of that single actually. Oh wow! Yeah, randomly picked it up at a record that store is- one day. That's rando. Yeah. The fact that there was a 10 inch single, not a seven yeah. inch. Um, a sad ride on the on the line again by Favez. Lips that taste of tears by trembling blue stars. Hullabaloo by the farm. And 10 speed by Mystery Machine, which I feel like Mystery Machine has been in here before. Maybe. If not. Yes, yes, yes. They should be. Uh Mystery Machine and Chainsaw Kittens moved on. So. In the final round, we had Chainsaw Kittens, we had Mystery Machine, we had Spot, we had Gaslight Radio, we had Green Day, we had Splendor, we had the Cranberries. Looking at the, at a wide range of albums, you think, oh, well, is, is this going to be a go for the big name? Or is there going to be some lobbying for a small name? And Jay, Mystery. I'm here to tell you, the lobbyists won. The power spot. of the lobby. Spot. Out of all those records, spot. The, the, <laughs> the, the band that has almost no internet presence, aside from a Discogs page and some Amazon reviews. Yep. Yeah, the most simple thing was that they... Uh, what's the name of the studio they recorded it? Well, they recorded that album with... John Hampton at Arden Studios. Yeah, Arden. Yep. And John Hampton's kind of an interesting name. He also produced the Gin Blossoms debut album. Hmm. And he's Arden Studios, if you people are familiar, is where Big Star in the 1970s recorded albums like Number One Record and Radio City. And he's so he's got a huge, huge um, John Hampton that is a producer credits and, and technical credits. Um, he worked with Alex Chilton when he went solo. So he's he's kind of one of those guys that's like on a lot of records, you just don't know it, you know. So they won <laughs> against all odds. 34% of the vote, 10, uh, 20% went to Green Day, 17% to the Cranberry. So the two big records were right behind that. And then Gaslight Radio and Splendor split at 9% and Mystery Machine and the Chainsaw Kittens split at 6%. And like I said, we'll be sharing the end res- the results of the poll for Where the Album Better EP and Decent Single at the end of the record. 
but this album is actually streaming you can get on like spotify and apple music good luck trying to find it because if you just search spot you ain't finding it yeah because there's a billion other spots and actually if you go to spot on spotify which is spot on spotify yeah there you go i just realized what i said (laughs) um so there's an artist named spot that's also on their page that's not them oh my goodness spotify it's helpful if uh you know the album cover that's how i've been able to sort through (laughs) on streaming which album is which and there's also multiple spots there's like a german synth pop band called spot i mean of course yeah had you heard of them jay or no no, me neither i mean i probably it's entirely possible that i've seen this album in a used bin somewhere and had no idea what it was mm-hmm. and then it was maybe sport and i just didn't look at it correctly because <laughs> that the uh the font is all swished together on the um album cover and speaking of album cover i mean it's a very 90s completely utterly unremarkable out al- it's got some colors it's got some swirly things happening i don't know what is supposed to be there it's just a bunch of neon-ish colors, purples and reds and orange. And yeah, it looks like somebody did it in Microsoft Paint circa 1995. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, you know, it's the early Photoshop filter look. Yes. They use the uh, Gossamer or what is whatever that was. Gossamer. Gossamer. Uh, so let's get into some comments from our Patreon folk. Um, Ian McIver said, The good, it's not Green Day. The bad, it's not the spot album by German synth bot by a German synth pop band. The ugly, my vote is better EP. Well, not a bad album. I did lose, lose interest towards the end. Um, and Jeremy Amend, who I believe was the one who suggested this, said, Honestly, getting a better EP vote from you on a rock album is like a worthy album from anyone else. I'll take it. And Richard Waterman chimed in. He said, this was a DMO DMO Discord find. The album art and bad name are so quintessentially 90s. The kind of band is where the whole podcast exists, isn't it? Cool rock album with enough weird bits to keep it interesting. Sounds great too. Really nice guitar tones. One of Hazy Days and Into Moon June Spoon. is a lovely one-two punch we're the album i'm happy for jeremy to finally make it after years of trying i'm proud of you jeremy proud of you and he said he was going to make it his pick if he, if it hadn't won so and phil said he was going to cl- choose it as well so that's interesting that we had two people that actually were going to choose this possibly as their yearly pick gavin said i really enjoyed this album i hear some a miniature, uh, no, uh, not a minute. Is it a miniature? No, a minute I thought it was a miniature. Never mind. In uh, in the playing and even some shudder to think in the vocal, both which are compliments. Maybe some tripping Daisy as well. I could see this getting stuck in the CD car player or car CD player for weeks at a time in the 90s. The only song I didn't like was one of Hazy Days, but maybe it would grow on me where the album. Um. Jeremy said, I guess uh, one of Hazy Days is the ballad. The production choices for the solo on this and some other tracks is very weird. Not bad, just weird. Probably why I like it. 
So I'm going to try to piece together a little history on this band. History of the band. Uh, I know based on some <laughs> reviews on Amazon from like the mid 2000s, a little bit of information. So the band was Chad and Reggie Roofer. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's R-U-E-F-F-E-R. And they're brothers. And on the CD, the drummer is Earl Darling. But when they played live, it was Davis, Davis Bixen. Um, they were from the Dallas, Texas area. And um, they, the person who wrote this review said they saw him at a summer fest uh, for 103, a record label, a record, uh, record, a radio station in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, around 95, 96, and immediately bought the CD. Now, this I thought this was interesting, and I, I'm not going to read the guy's whole review. Um, the only information that, that I found was a little blurb about Chad and Reggie performing with a country band. A country band? What happened to Spot? So yeah, I guess they're perf- they're playing like country music now. Um, he said. And this was interesting because I feel like this guy needs to discover our podcast if he hasn't. He said, the odds nest, that dog's retreat from the sun, failure's fantastic planet, and horses happens twice all share the same mantle as you guys of mind-blowing albums by by fantastic bands that no longer exist, in my opinion. Okay, well, I think we've actually talked about all those bands. Yeah. So uh, Matt Albright from 2004. Uh, you should probably check us out. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's about it. Uh, there is a uh, 2013 album called, sorry, EP called Spatter Splash that shares the same logo and is credited to Chad Roofer. So yeah. I'm assuming it's the same band. That's the only other release I can find on. So it looks like what happened was they, you know, broke up after this album and went off and did a bunch of other things. Uh, uh, The guys in the band, like uh, Reggie Roofer, he he goes on after this and plays with Jane Hooker and the Outsiders, which um, I don't know. It looks like they're a country band based on the fact that they have a cowboy hat playing steel p- guitar player. Yeah. Um, and then he's in a band called the insiders, which is a honky talk band from Dallas. Yeah. That is like from the two thousands up to, I don't know when that came out, but um, so they've definitely been like continuing with music. I just don't know if, uh, you know, and they actually, um, the drummer Earl Darling played with Jacko Pierce. Remember that band? Or does that name ring a bell? It does. Yeah. They were in an A and M. They put out, they put out a bunch of records actually, um, up to 2018. I mean, they put out a lot of. They put out two records on A and M records in the, in the 90s, and uh, so these people did go on and play in in other bands uh after this but this is the only release they put out a 12 inch 
the same year with some with some songs on it. They had some promotional singles, and I believe that they reunited in the mid 2000s, which is where I think that EP comes from. And played some shows and they actually recorded the shows like with video. And I think you can go see them on YouTube uh, based on the comments that I was seeing on Amazon. So let's just get into this record, Jay. Tell me th one thing you liked about the 1995 self-titled album by Spot. The guitars on this record really pop. Uh, it's the first thing you notice when you listen to the record. It's really interesting combination of kind of metal-ish riffs at times to kind of dirgy down-tuned bits. You know, so there's this, this metal chord of the riffing. And then that's combined with some really odd, like, voicings and chord changes like pretty unexpected at times uh often there's two guitar parts playing and they'll be playing similar chord progressions but they're using different voicings or phrasings that are kind of similar but also different the other thing though that really i think makes it stand out is you've got so you've got this really dynamic guitar playing uh that can be riffy a little chug chunky here and there it also can get kind of bright and sparkly. Um, and a lot of that is, yes, in the playing and the choices, but also like tone wise, it's more of like a Fender tone, uh, which has got like, it's a little brighter. It's got a lot of attacks. So you hear a lot of like, you know, the, them hitting the strings and really playing the guitar and less of the amp. So you just end up with this very dynamic guitar sound on the record that you just, you can't ignore it. It's it's in your face. It's a big part of the songs. Uh, it's often jumps right out at you at the you know start of each song. There's a lot of really cool flourishes too, where it, I think even gets odder in how they may use tremolo, uh, like tremolo bars, and to add um, dynamics or just make the notes a little bit weird and off kilter. Uh, Mujun Spoon is a good example where they're using tremolo a lot and it, it creates like this uh, almost surf wave rock kind of vibe um, maybe even at times as far as something like Swerve Driver where you know the same way that they use tremolo and kind of hit big chords and like really push and you hear the notes like kind of warp and move a lot Yes I could stay Which is, I think, super cool because that, that's where they they push from like 
some riffs that might sound like classic rock. Like the record starts with two, two songs that have like this galloping kind of feel, almost like Hearts Barracuda. But then it, <laughs> it works in these strange changes or tremolo parts or secondary parts that make it a little off kilter and weird. Um, so, you know, I think you can't deny the guitar stuff going on here. It's a, it's a big part of, I think the record. Um, and then I think the second part is just vocally. It, it really moves between, I kept hearing like two singers. I was hearing like kind of a J Robin style delivery where it's a little wordy kind of straightforward and like clear and enunciated, but then pushing to something like a John Bush where like where he would really kind of you know get a little bit more aggressive and the voice would break and it would start to get in that range um so that was interesting um kind of not knowing where the voice was going to go within those that spectrum and then they'll throw in harmonies examples would be like Absalon and Fodder or songs where they got you know, these harmonies that kind of sound like power pop harmonies. So those two singers with harmonies is not something you would necessarily expect. Um, and then you combine that with this really dynamic guitar playing that's, in, that's unlike any other, I mean, the closest band I could think of guitar wise was maybe Helen Maggie um, in the way I that they would I got one for like, you combine riffs with like dynamics and kind of i don't know and tonally it was in the same kind of space what were you thinking well you know when it when i read that they were from dallas texas i was like hmm i know there were some other alternative bands from that era in the 90s yeah area in the night so i was looking and it kind of reminded me in some parts of the toadies who are from okay. fort worth yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I wonder if they were in like the same circuit, like the same playing the same clubs and, and that kind of stuff. Because yeah. even like his voice kind of gets there every once in a while and their riffs sure. are big and, and the Toadies had some pretty big riffs and stuff. Not the same tones necessarily, but just in, in terms of style. Um, but that was a band that I was like, I could definitely t hear them like in the same scene down yeah. there in Dallas, Fort Worth. Because Dallas-Fort Worth is essentially one massive area between those two cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one city in Arlington now. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what worked for me. I, I think it's, it's, you know, on its face, it hits you right away of the, with these guitars and um, the vocal style. And, and to me, that's what made it unique and, and what stood out. Will work for you well like you right out of the gate drop down is such an interesting song to open with it's pre pretty much like a declaration statement like yeah we're an alternative band but we're doing things a little bit differently like hearing that gallop that you yeah. never hear we've talked about how you never hear that beyond like 70s classic rock or 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 maybe like 80s uh metal like iron maiden would use a gallop or yep. or some other bands but to hear this band use that 
dun, 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 dun. I'm like, I was like, what is going on? there's a metal influence in some of this playing but just completely stripped of the like showiness and the over the top you know uh stuff that happens with regards to 80s metal and it's like they took the musical bones of it and came up with something pretty unique um and it, it happens quite a bit on the record where you mentioned it. There are some really weird chord choices, even for like songs that aren't necessarily there. It's interesting because like half the record, the entire song is doing something odd or they're, they're using weird voicings or they're using uh, a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of dynamics on this record. And then there are some songs that are a little more straightforward, but they just weave in. You know, it'll be like during a bridge where you'll hear like, I think it's on a, one of Hazy Days where there's like kind of a normal chord progression, but then they just like on, on like the third of the four chords, they just throw in this weird chord that is, eh, what's, what is that? That's an odd choice. And you can hear this band messing with any sort of, traditional structures when it comes to they're not there's no like what is it one five four that where it's like c d g or g d c or like there's none of that on this record there is some interesting things that are like kind of callbacks like um i think it's the beginning of is it absalom absalom it almost like the first note almost sounds like time after time by Cindy Lauper. It's got, it's that like really chorused, uh, clean guitar. And then the, when the strum starts to happen, it's at a different tempo. So it, it breaks out of that. But when I first heard that, I was like, wow, that's, that's a very 80 sounding guitar tone. And mm -hmm. then, um, the beginning of cut a wide swath with that really like vibrato ish guitar almost has like a twang to it yep so they're taking little things like that and then mixing them into this it, i don't want to say it's it's not progressive but there are a lot of really untraditional choices with regards to chord changes chord voicings um rhythm stuff that's happening throughout the record that is just like not I, I, it's just not expected um like lamerica i think that and drop down probably my two favorite songs on the record I, I mean i could imagine like that being a faith no more song 
Mm. It, it, it has it like that could have been on like King for a Day or one of those like 90s records, the, yeah. the late 90s records. It's just got this heaviness and this weirdness to it that makes me go, this is not run of the mill. Yeah. I can understand why, you know, this was released on Ardent Records, which was the studio that they recorded at, which is where what was what released Big Star and stuff. But I can imagine like a major label kind of being confused as to what to do with a um, with a band like this because they're not. I mean, you could maybe take a chance on them, but it, it would you'd be hard pressed to find a really blatant single on this record um that would fit in with 1995 because things got a little more mainstreamerish with you know singles and albums and stuff by 95 um yeah there's just a, it's it's a really interesting record that when you listen to it over and over again it just gets a little bit weirder every time because you start picking up on more things and it is uh, a nice re-listen because of that because there's always and then you could focus in on like what the drums are doing or what the guitars are doing s- specifically on multiple listens so yeah um lamerica reminded me too i can hear the the faith and more thing in there it also reminded me how the west was won by Alan maggie yes yep yeah he doesn't have i the jay robbins comparison is is on point because when yeah he's in that mode of like spitting stuff out. It's not as showy yeah. uh, as, as happy Chichester can get from Helen Maggie. Um, it's more like the dynamic of the guitar and like how it's produced. And I don't know, it had that same vibe to me. Yep. Um, is there anything on this record that didn't work for you? Yeah. I, to me, it really fizzles. Um, it does not end strong. I, I, um, I started to be critical, and I, I don't know that I've ever said this on the podcast. It may be too dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm always looking for dynamics, but I think it gets overly complicated sometimes. Take a song like Ground, which you know, when that song starts, it's got this very like power pop kind of vocal. And the first guitar chord comes in and it's this minor chord and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, this is super interesting. Like you kind of get this 
vocal that's a little bright and this guitar that's kind of sad and you're like all right where are we going and then as the song kind of develops from that point it it gets in its own way there's so many changes and little shifts and turns and Mm -hmm. that i i lose like what the melody is and like what the point of the song is and all the cool little magical moments that it starts out with start to disappear over the course of the song and it just gets I don't know, labored sounding. And I think really the last four songs on the record feel that way for me. Um, They're all over four minutes. They're a bit more meandering. They just don't have, I don't know if I'm tiring of the band by this point of the record or if the songs are just like overly, like working too hard. Like they're trying to take something that's, you know, uh, just not song strong from maybe a song standpoint and trying to like make it work through dynamics and performance. And it's just not coherent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts off super strong, you know, really until track six, I'm pretty much on board. One, one of hazy days. I don't know. It's okay. I'm a little, I can t- give or take that song, but the first six tracks, I think are really compelling. Unfortunately, the last four are just not not as compelling to me and made me start to like be much more critical of the whole record. So it's really a story of two sides for me. I think it's a strong start and a very weak finish. Uh, like To the point where like whole to me, the last song on the record, I start to hear the local band in them. Like there's some, there's like a metal style riff to start it and then it mm-hmm. shifts. And then there's some chord changes in there that sound a lot like a Pixie song, almost too much. I don't know. It just sounds like a bunch of a grab bag ideas of that you would hear. Like if you went to see a, you know, a good local band, you'd be like, Oh, this is, yeah, they're a good band, but they, I don't know. I don't know what their identity is and I don't know what their sound is. Like, that song to me is and it's the last track on the record and then you get there you're like oh wait a minute and to me it, it just casts a light on the rest of the record that as i kept playing it you know i it sort of soured it a little bit so yeah i think it's it's just pedestrian material i think on the second half of the record that then makes it hard for me to enjoy the first half as much as i maybe did the first couple of lessons. Anything that worked for you? Interesting. I actually liked the last couple songs. I I hear what you're saying. Like it does have a very like Metallica-esque start to that song. It sounds like the beginning of Blackened.
I tended to not enjoy the stuff that got a little more simple, a little more mid-tempo, a little bit more straightforward. So like straight through the sun head, one of the hazy days, ground and fodder. I found those to be less interesting songs. Yeah. Um, I liked it when this band was doing weirder stuff, doing unconventional things because we hear so much of the sort of sameness with regards to a lot of 90s alt rock records that this just felt like such a a different thing and it's you know none of these are exceptionally long songs uh only moon june spoon goes over five minutes everything else is in a very palatable like four four to four and a half minute range for the most part Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i felt like on a song was it ground i think it's ground i think i don't think that that's the main lead singer or or if he is he's singing Mm -hmm. much differently than um the other songs it felt like his voice was a lot thinner yeah on that song and i don't know if like the brothers switched off like maybe he took maybe one of them took lead that normally sings back up on that song with regards to like whole i think not whole which one was it i think you mentioned ground being sort of power pop ish yeah i agree with you it kind of sounds like a song that like imperial drag would have refined a lot better yeah it, well there's like a vocal that's trying to do that and then a band is doing something else and i like the idea of that but it just gets lost in all the changes for me yeah like there's also like there's some really really good guitar tones and I think Jeremy brought this up that are just, and some of that are weird on that song. It's just so conventional sounding. Like the leads just sound like a lot of other, like yes, almost metal bands. Like they're very clean tone. Yeah. Very. And then even the note choices are like very predictable. Um, whereas in other songs, things are so unpredictable. And so, so I don't know if they, maybe they felt like they were, they had to tone things down here and there because they didn't want to make it completely off the wall record um i don't know yeah i would say too with this type of tone you have to be a really great guitar player which i think the guitar playing on this record is you know way above average um at times it's very very calm very very good um but you know it's a it's probably a strat or a telecaster um not a ton of overdrive they use some delay here and there but fairly Mm -hmm. dry um so when they do when they do more you really appreciate it but when they don't it can sound a little thin and like generic some of these riffs like if they don't add in a bunch of like extra tremolo bends or like little flourishes it's like so it's kind of boring um so you can kind of hear them needing to really work hard you know in Mm -hmm. terms of but the dynamics and the extra flourishes and whatnot to keep some of this stuff like 
from just being an average riff. That's my thought. Yeah, it in some ways it reminded me of that into another album that we did, uh, Ignore Us. Yeah, where there's a you know it's a very I would say progressive record, but I mean it has progressive elements besides being like a sort of post-hardcore thing. But then you had that guitar player that was absolutely mm -hmm. shredding <laughs> all over yep. it. And um, like, it feels like this is kind of one step down from that in, in some respects. Like some of the guitar playing is really good and some of it is okay. Um, like, like I mentioned with on uh, Ground or Fodder, which are one of those two. Um, so this came out in 95, as mentioned, it came out on Ardent Records, which was a fairly, not a significant label for the most part in the nineties. I mean, they put out some Alex Chilton solo records. They put out a, an album, um, by an artist named Idle Wilds, two words. Okay. Um, they put out a record by Big Tent Revival, by Jolene, by, I mean, none of these are huge names. Clear, I don't, that's that's a terrible name to try to Google right now. The Hot Dogs, you know, so if they were, um, if they were uh, attempting to break this band, uh, I don't think it, was they had a really good shot because they just I don't see any other bands that they distributed that would have been or were that they put out that would have had any kind of impact and um I don't remember this being at college radio it might have been but I don't remember getting the cd like I said I might have seen it in a used bin somewhere based on that album cover but this is a this is a hard road to climb in 1995 to try to get onto any sort of yeah uh, you know maybe i don't know what the single would be i no. really don't it's hard no. to say um i i know they they put out a uh moon june spoon got a single promo and cut a wide swath got a 12 inch release with um two non album tracks One's called Non-Holiday, and the other one is called uh, Horse's Head. Yeah, Horse's Head. So, um, oh, it's on a blue splatter. That's interesting. How, how who got a blue splatter 12-inch put out in 1995? Good for, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Uh, and then they that 2013 EP has four new songs as well so you know i don't know what those sound like but i'd be i actually would be interested to check it out but i don't think this had a shot at mainstream radio in 95 and college radio even is like a little bit hard to to crack because it's like does this go into regular would this be almost metal like in some respect like if you pick the wrong single it almost becomes like a metal thing well I'm I'm with you on the Toadies vibe. I think that's where where this would, in best case scenario, land. Um, and I think Moon June Spoon is probably the best chance at that. But it doesn't have the hook 
No. Toadie's head. So. Song no. takes. I, I like the dynamic. I like how it builds, but I think it takes too long to build for a pop, you know, a radio single at that point. Right. Um, this this band. I don't mean this to as to be disrespectful, but it reminds me of like a band you would see locally that would be like the best band in town. Right. It would be awesome live and you would have a blast going to see them. And you would really, over time of seeing them, you know, a dozen times or something, you would really like get into the songs and know them and know all the changes. And yeah. yeah. And they would be killer live. And I bet dynamically that would be amazing live too. Like, you know, all the different parts and tones and everything would probably work really good in a club. But you could also, you know, understand like why they didn't get bigger. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't have that crossover big radio appeal. Nor is it like deep enough in a niche to have like a, you know, build a hardcore following. uh, Cause it's just a little too weird. It's, it's, it's too many things. Yep. to find a niche and then, <laughs> uh, not poppy enough to be, you know, a big radio band. Yeah. I, I would have been curious to hear what they did after this, but uh, there's nothing after this. I don't know how much longer they were together after this. Um, well, I mean, there's this 2013 album. I don't know what. Well, they were broken up and then they got back together for that. Yeah. So, um. But you can hear, like, as players, you know, members of this band would be great in other bands. Like, just listening to guitars alone, I mean, these these guitars, you can hear so many different styles that you can imagine them being in all kinds of different bands. Yes, definitely. So let's go to our overall ratings on this record. We'll share our Patreon uh, patron results in a moment but jay is this a worthy album a better ep or a decent single for you i'm gonna go with an ep and i'll just call it for six tracks of the record okay um i'll even leave one hit one of one of hazy days it's really odd album or song titles on this record too yes it yeah that bothers (laughs) me a lot they do not like jump off the tongue i often most of them i'm reading like straight through the sun head there's a lot of them here that are very clumsy. Um, but yeah, I would just take the first six songs, make it an EP, and uh, I think it would be much stronger. Where are you at? Well, I'm also at six, but I would swap out Straight Through the Sunhead and One of Hazy Days for Cut a Wide Swath and Hole, and that would be my six tracks. And I feel oh. like those would go well together as a six-song EP. Our patrons disagreed with us, Jay. They went 60% worthy album. Wow. 40% better EP. Dang. I like it. I mean, if it's going to win the poll, I want to hear worthy album, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't want, that would make no sense because we, you know, make these easy to sample when you're voting. So, geez, I would hate for an album to win <laughs> uh, beating what 29 other records and then not have it be a worthy album. That would be kind of tragic. Perhaps the people were just messing with us. <laughs> uh, you never know, uh, but I believe in their I believe in their pure intentions, and I'm glad that they brought this to our attention because 
Uh, this will probably be one of the only reviews on the internet for this band ever. <laughs> so, I mean, they, maybe they got some like newspaper and magazine reviews, but those aren't, they weren't, they're not online anymore, anywhere that I can find. Yeah. Uh, or they went offline long ago. So uh, that's it. We are the only, we are the def- definitive voice on spot. Good luck Googling them. Because I had to, f- I had to think of so many different ways to try to Google their name, in in order to bring something up. I had to do like yeah. Spot, nineteen ninety five, self titled album, just to get to their disc, disc, like Discord, not Discord, their um, uh, Discogs page. Because of course, there's like forty bands that were named Spot over the last fifty years. So, you know, and if anybody names an, a band or their or their they name themselves spot at this point as an artist they're <laughs> really they're really asking for a punch in the face from me specifically uh if you would like to be like our patrons and vote in one of these polls both to select the album and to uh you know weigh in on its on its worthiness you can do so by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. It's also where you go to uh, you get our, our aughts episodes, which come out uh, every couple months. We've got a couple more lined up. Uh, we're doing one with our friend in Australia, Gavin. He's going to he's picked one of the aughts episodes this year. And then we've also got a poll coming up for another aughts episode. You've done two so far. Poster Children was the first one, and uh, the Distillers. No, Poster Children was the second one. Distillers was the first one, right? Which you can listen to by joining us at the Union at Patreon. Uh, it's also where you can read the box newsletter that comes out every week. Two new reviews, two reviews of new uh, '80s, '90s, and aughts relevant uh, musical items, whether that's an album or a book or a movie. You're just going to be an album. Because, you know, an album's like 45 minutes, whereas a book takes me a good six months. So uh, it's a little more slow going on the books. So you can go to the box. You can go to the digmeoutpodcast.com to sign up for the box newsletter, or you can read it by joining us at Patreon. Uh, Lastly, you can go to Apple Podcasts and you can leave us some positive feedback if you enjoyed this episode. If you're a member of the band Spot, uh, I hope that... uh, you leave us some positive feedback. If only we did you justice. If not, uh, feel free to refrain from leaving any feedback and just write us an angry email. <laughs> we prefer it that way. Yeah. Come talk to us. Yes. Not on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> For Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. <laughs>